So why are you here right now? What brought you here? Is it because you have to come? You know, you, oh, you have to come to Mass, right? Is it because you know to not come to Mass on a weekend is a serious sin? Or is it because you just, you've come because you enjoy visiting with people and you like seeing your neighbors? These are all good reasons, I suppose, but they're not the reason that we come. Ideally, we're here because this sacred place is where Jesus Christ is most powerfully present. And like the lepers in today's gospel, we are in need of healing that only Jesus can provide. So we come here for healing from Jesus. Before we receive Jesus in the Eucharist, we always say, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. And when we receive the Eucharist, um, assuming we have no unconfessed mortal sins, there are some powerful effects in our souls. Our union with the Lord is increased. Our venial, meaning less serious but still harmful sins, are forgiven. And we receive grace to avoid future, mortal, very serious sins that could separate us from God forever. These are very powerful things. An increase in our union with the Lord, the forgiveness of our venial sins, and grace to avoid serious sin going forward. Like those ten lepers in our gospel, and like Naaman from our Old Testament reading today, we have come to the true God who has the power to heal and renew our faith. And God has given us the most powerful healing gift possible, himself, in the Eucharist. Which is why we call the Eucharist the source and summit of the Christian life. It is Jesus in the Eucharist that all of the healing graces we receive come. And it is Jesus in the Eucharist to which we strive to have union in communion. So the Eucharist central to our belief. Maybe you know already, but you know, since it's, as I just say, central to our belief, maybe it's something that should be explicitly mentioned again and again. When we receive what when we receive the Eucharist, when we come forward, what it looks like and what it tastes like is bread and wine. But this is not bread and wine. This is truly, and not symbolically, the body and blood of Jesus Christ who walked on the earth 2,000 years ago and who is now glorified in heaven. Now this is hard to accept. People in the Bible, when Jesus told this to them, they had a hard time accepting it because it doesn't match what we, we learn with our senses. As I said, for believers in the Eucharist, there is a great benefit to frequently receiving Holy Communion. But the thing is, if you don't accept this difficult thing, if you think that the Eucharist is just a symbol, or if you have not been to confession in years, or maybe if you're especially aware of some unconfessed serious sin on your conscience, or if you're living in some way that is not compatible with the gospel, It's better that you don't receive communion until you can do so in good faith. 
This is important because as Paul wrote in the first letter to the Corinthians, anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. Now, that said, if we see people abstaining from Holy Communion, you know, staying back in the pews, um, or coming forward and crossing their arms over their chest as they walked by to indicate to me that they don't want to receive communion at this time, we need to remember we can't judge others because we can't read their consciences. And if anything, those who choose not to receive because of sin, I think they should be commended for taking this sacrament more seriously than a lot of others that just come forward and casually receive. We should all take the sacrament as seriously. And after all, I mean, there are a lot of reasons a person should not receive communion. Maybe a person's abstaining because they accidentally had their coffee uh, or their snack a little too late, and they didn't have that hour of fast before receiving Holy Communion. Uh, remember that. You know, you're not supposed to eat or drink anything except water and medicine for an hour before Holy Communion, unless there's like some medical need, like a diabetic might have a sudden low blood sugar, they might need to eat some sugar, you know. Um, but normally, only water and medicine for an hour before Holy Communion. Um, so, you know, maybe somebody was chewing gum, which breaks the fast, and they remember, oh, I shouldn't be receiving Communion. I've been eating, if you will. We don't know, so we can't judge. In a speech Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI once gave, he highlighted how the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life, and he asked, What care do we take in preparing ourselves for Mass, in celebrating it, in remaining in adoration? And these are all good questions for us to ponder as we, uh, whenever we come into this sacred space. And to, to, to that end, I have two concrete suggestions for you, and things that I've found useful myself that help one grow in gratitude for God's presence in the Holy Eucharist. The lepers in today's reading called out to Jesus in their suffering, saying, have pity on us. Thus, my first suggestion is this. Like the lepers, bring your needs to Jesus. Ask him for help. You know, the collect at the beginning of Mass is a good time to, uh, you know, the opening prayer is a good time to uh, or at the offertory hymn when we're preparing the altar during Mass, this is an appropriate time to, in prayer, place your burdens on the altar to be united with the sacrifice of the cross and taken up by Jesus. Uh, so bring your needs to Jesus at the altar. Maybe even as a family on the way to Mass, why not discuss what you're each going to be offering up uh, on, the, on, the mat, on the altar? at your Mass, what you're praying for. It's a good thing to have uh, that, that idea of an intention. That's what is, by the way, printed in the bulletin. When you look at the schedule and you see Mass intentions listed, those are what I'm offering this, my prayer at the Mass for. Um, you can all offer your own intentions, whatever they may be, for each Mass. Now, secondly... Call to mind the one Samaritan leper who came back to thank Jesus. He didn't leave Jesus after receiving the gift of healing. Rather, the gospel says he fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. In doing so, he benefited more than the nine lepers 
who merely received the physical healing and left. This man became a friend of Jesus, who also received the gift of faith. My second suggestion, then, is that you do likewise by remaining, even just one or two minutes after the closing hymn has ended, if you're able to, and kneel down before Jesus present in the tabernacle, and if you've received Holy Communion, within your very body, and say a prayer of thanksgiving. My favorite prayer of thanksgiving after Mass is the one written by St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, I have some prayer cards around here with that printed on it, and it's also right in the St. Michael hymnal, number 849, uh, if you want to look at it there. It's in a lot of prayer books. And related to this, our bishop uh, at our clergy conference, and I mentioned this in the bulletin not long ago, um, our clergy conference was on the topic of liturgy, and we were talking about how to celebrate the liturgy reverently and well, and how to have, a, have it be a very solemn and beautiful encounter with our Lord. And he talked about this, how he sees a lot of times uh, some people trying to kneel down and pray, uh, after Mass, in thanksgiving to God, but also other people standing up in the, amongst the pews and beginning conversation immediately after, say, the closing hymn is concluded. He, he really uh, encourages all of us to try to avoid doing that, to once we're done with Mass, we spend our time in quiet thanksgiving and then the social time, which is important, right? But that's why we have this whole part of the building devoted to that. This space is for prayer. Let's socialize out in the gathering space amongst the tables and so on. Uh, so please, please do make an effort. Because uh, there are some people that do want to remain in quiet prayer. So if you're going to visit after Mass, again, just please go out there. So yeah, those are my two suggestions. Bring your needs to Jesus. Have an intention for your Mass that you offer up on the altar. And then after Mass, remain for a few moments like that second leper, or like that leper who came back to Jesus. Thank the Lord. And uh, yeah, very important. And now back to my question where we began. Why are we here? We're here because Jesus Christ is truly among us in the tabernacle and in a few moments again upon the altar. We're here because he offers us healing in a relationship. When we come to Mass, we should always offer up our sufferings and needs in union with the priests at the altar, during the offertory especially, and thank Jesus in silent prayer for the divine assistance he never, never fails to give us through his real presence.